Okay, it is now recording, so we're good. Uh, it's good to see you. It's really nice to see your face and smile. And yeah, I like the, the feeling of, of taking it and moving slow into this. That was good this morning. Yeah. No rush. Yeah, it feels good to have um, the expect or well, the schedule of like, hey, we're gonna meet, and then also if it takes a couple of minutes to get your tea or you know whatever, it's not uh, it's not a big deal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's still like I still feel like time was honored and not you know it's not like. Either of us were blatantly running late. It was just like, okay, it's easy. <laughs> it's, happening. it's happening. It's all happening. Yeah, it's still happening. <laughs> I wasn't rushing, you know. No, good. Yeah. Now, is that is that a handmade Mary mug? Yeah, this is one of my older designs. It's just like a clear just the clay itself. Yeah, it's beautiful. I have, um, I've been using this as like a smudge dish. Um, yeah, I was, I had um, incense burning and suddenly it was falling and I was like, oh, I don't have anything to catch it. And this was right there and I was like, oh. And then I um, picked some dried garden sage from a canyon here. And like, I love the, the smell of that sacred smoke. It's so different from white sage. Um, and I don't have bundles of it. So I've just been burning little leaves in there. It's sweet, you know, it has a sweet smell, which I love. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like more feminine in a way, like earthy feminine, not like, I don't know. Like just feels good. in your face cleansing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I love that. Yeah. I get to yeah, think of back in um production mode. And uh it was actually it was the full moon tonight, but last night it was pretty full and I was just infused with all of this energy. So I was making cacao cups until like eleven at night. Um and it felt so good. Felt really good. My body was just like, ooh. <laughs> Handling that, the energy of the, the moon and bringing it into the creation. Exactly. It's actually, um, I was doing my journaling this morning and writing out the planets and what's happening in the sky and the moon's full at like 2, 2.05 p.m. Yeah. today. Okay. Yeah, so when we can't even see it here, which I find fascinating. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would think, like, where does the moon go? Like, it just shuts off, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just shuts off. But really, like, there's a cycle in it somewhere else, and the pull affects us in different ways, and that's been a a fascinating concept to embrace over the last few years for me. Mm -hmm. 
yeah and feel how it interacts like what I what I heard from you is that like it was really you were having a relationship with it you were recognizing your relationship to that cosmic energy and the fullness ooh, ding, ding. um yeah, yeah it, it's incredible I like to think about in terms of like how much energy does it have versus how much energy do I ascribe it? And because someone said once, you know, the moon is always full. It's just what we see. And so this, this light energy that is falling down onto, you know, the earth or reflected from the sun onto the earth. Um, almost like a, a mirror, you know, uh, is, is it, you know, it's, it's a collaboration and it's something that was kind of right before we got on this call is, is what I was, I pulled a couple of tarot cards, just thinking, you know, getting into the space and thinking about my intentions for this call and to come together with you and what fell out were a couple of cards, which I'll show in a moment, about collaboration, receptivity, um, collaborating in the dream world and the unconscious, and what that means to work um, now of all times uh, in, a, in a group setting, but as an individual. So, again, that, that how much power do we ascribe the moon? How much power does it offer us? And that interplay of um, the collaboration to create. So. <laughs> I, I love that. And of course, like, I feel that. And oh, a big reason um, I feel that I can feel that is the slack line and like I take it back to that it's how much energy do we give that object because it's it's always there and that reminds me of the slack line because the slack line's there and then people step onto it and it's super shaky and it's like oh the line is shaky so like all this power is given to this line that was just there and unless the wind is blowing or there's some other force coming into it the lines actually flat and steady. And yes, it does also hold an energy of its own that doesn't become really apparent until we choose to give it our energy, right? So then there's that relationship. And when you step onto it, there's that co-creation, um, which actually, uh, I pulled a tarot card this morning too in my morning practice, and it, uh, it flows in. I'm, I'm curious to see well, it's what... Yeah, like how it, how it, what the cards say with your cards, and um, I'm uh, fairly new to tarot, and I know you've been uh, developing your relationship with the cards for a while, so maybe I'm you can offer insight. The cards in relationship to my intuition, which interprets the cards, um, and I want to um, hold on to that thread of what you're saying about relationships and collaboration, and um, how much. Uh, energy we ascribe to the um, slack line 
and um, because it resonated so much with my work on Potter's Wheel um, as we're kind of going into this, this tarot card reveal. Uh, just on that same thread, what I, what I have learned and what I now share with students is as you're centering on the wheel, that clay is going to go all over the place at first, especially for a beginner's mind and a beginner's body. And the, the truth is somewhere in the middle about the, that energy, right? And I noticed the more I can hold my frame and my center, the clay responds to that. When I am thinking, oh, I need to control this clay or it's over here and I got to shift it over here, the clay, you know, exponentially has feedback where then it goes way too far the other way. And then you've got that, if you've ever tried a potter's wheel or could imagine, it's just like your hands are all over the place. And beginner potters will just be, and, and myself, um, like, oh, I can't center this clay. I cannot center it. It won't stay centered. And it's a process of centering self. Mm -hmm. And it's so much the same, I believe, for the slap line, which I'm excited to try, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I've never worked on a potter's wheel, but I 100% that resonates true in my body. Like, I can feel, I had chills when you were talking about it because I recognize that feeling that, projection of oh I can't center the clay but really it's I can't center the self and that for me and learning on the slack line oh it was such a long journey I was <laughs> I mean it is in my nature to be extra stubborn I feel like as a human being <laughs> so much so many of us just kind of have that in us anyway but I I was super stubborn, everything was outer, the, the journey, the time that it took me to discover the actual power within me through that relationship, it was really, it was a slow study. It was a, a but a, for that reason, a very profound study um, and I don't know if I had heard someone speak about this, like you and I can speak about this in different, through different lenses of experience, yours on the wheel, mine on the line, but having that beginner's mind, attributing power to that which is outside of us, and then actually realizing that that, that energy that that external thing is giving back is a mirror of our energy. Yes, it also has its own inherent energy, but it absorbs what we give it and gives it back. Um, and that I think, for me anyway, having the embodied experience of it, actually feeling it through my feet on the line. Um, it's just a different depth of knowing. Mm -hmm. I there's a word for it uh the, in you're, you're 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 like there with it and I think it's going to develop as we discuss you know this is yeah. something I've been playing with just inside my mind and now to to vocalize it it's going to 
I'm happy that we're talking about it. Yeah, and and I just want to observe this because I'm I'm feeling it in my body and thinking on the lines that I'm using my hands to mm. communicate this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the line interacts on the slack line. The body interacts with the lines of the feet, so like it's more of a a downward motion. Like gravity is really working on our physical matter and with your practice of the wheel it's the hands out and forward so more like from the creative pelvic center on the line and then more heart on the wheel maybe I don't know yeah I I I I sense that you know in terms of like where the energy center is located you know, this energy that we're channeling and, and putting in, like, quite literally, you know, like, putting into our practice. Um, and it is very, um, on the wheel, it is, yes, heart-centered and also very core. It's yeah. a lot of core to it. It's, uh, and, yes, then it's channeled through the arms into the hands. Um, and still working with gravity as a force and channeling that force a little differently in the body, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas, you know, I imagine the focus on a slack line is to channel all that gravitational energy into the core again, um, and then, you know, stabilizing. And that's what it is, okay, it's a stabilizer. So the feet are the stabilizer in the slack line, the hands the stabilizer in, you know, the point of contact is um, that mode is the first mode of communication, you know, for the line and the clay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And kind of. (laughs) um, On the slack line, it's really about stretching. Um, the, the, The feet are the mode of feedback. Um, but the hands often get neglected in the practice because the focus becomes so on that relationship of which is what is so present in the mind, you know, uh, the feet are on the line, the line is moving and then the hands, what do the hands do? But everything is connected, right? And so, our, the energy on the line is very much downward and upward and outward and just expansive, mm-hmm. um, which I have no idea about being on a potter's wheel because I've never done it. But I can almost feel that there is probably a sense of that, um, perhaps. Well, now that you're describing it, because I'm very visual, so as I'm seeing it, this expansiveness bringing, you know, the, the, the balance between the expansiveness and the focal, mm. okay, the tension point. And so if I'm visualizing myself on the wheel, a lot of times I imagine that the, the energy is kind of like all being drawn inward into this focal point of play. And the wheel itself is using something called centrifugal force, which is 
shooting outward. Mm -hmm. So tension point and this harmonizing of the outward and the inward. And I think it's, is developing what it is that our, my intention and I think ours is in this conversation of the inward and outward relationship, the collaboration, um, the um, giving of power, the assigning of power, and um, the feedback of that, the mirroring of that um, assignment we give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I think it's so exciting. I, I am so excited to have to exchange experiences with you of this because it's, I feel like there's this powerful, um, it's powerful to experience these things in different ways. And we experience these things in, in, as I believe, in every action of our life. It's just, we're so habituated in the everyday. Like I'm habituated in the way I'm sitting in this chair, but it's really, it's still a relationship. And the patterns that I bring to sitting in a chair are just really well practiced. And I already understand that if I'm leaning one way, I don't have to be afraid of leaning one way and overcorrect. But by having a practice that puts us in beginner's mind, like the slack line, which I've been doing for six years and I'm still in beginner's mind, you know, I still, because I've, chosen to very consciously approach it that way um and it having that place to practice being in a beginner's mind i can take beginner's mind awareness into other ways which means i'm actually going to adjust my way of sitting right now because i know it's bad for my hip and i was just in a pattern so um and then exploring it in in new ways helps to keep stoking the curiosity, keep stoking the way that I become more me and embodied and and keep showing up. And almost, I feel like that, then I become the clay on the wheel um, and I'm also the creator. (laughs) Gorgeous. And Does that makes sense. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it's what's unfolding is um, from my experience and what I'm noticing on the planet is this unfolding of um, we're slowing down, awareness is happening. These practices are purposely designed to create feedback so that awareness takes place. And in that awareness is the zero point where we have choice. And it is freedom that each and every person on this planet is seeking, which will create a heaven on earth experience, I feel when everybody realizes their immense amount of freedom, sovereignty, and ability to choose in any moment their response to things that are habitual, 
Two things that we've been doing forever. From the way we sit to the way we shout at, at the TV, right? <laughs> like, uh, and we're there at the, we're getting to that zero point as a society where it becomes immensely uncomfortable to choose the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And is a relief the moment we realize we can choose different. Mm-hmm. I feel that, and it's my hope that you're right and that many, many others are feeling that. Uh, I also recognize that, I mean, I live in a bit of an echo chamber <laughs> or a bubble of Southern California, although that in some ways, certain things that I expected people, um, liberal-minded people who believe in this choice, um, they surprised me with very differing views than I would have expected. Um, but there's also, there's that point that you talked about where choosing to stay the same, choosing to stay in these patterns that unknowingly do us harm until we realize that they're doing us harm, um, is something that you believe we're moving towards more as like a collective. Um, But I have also, with all the election stuff going on, all this tension, it also seems to me like there are people who are really um, anchored in their choice to be in the emotional upset and to be in the drama of, this side's bad, my side's better. Um, and I kind of stand in the middle and I'm looking both ways and going, y'all are crazy. <laughs> like, you're the same. You're, you're, the, you're different, but you're the same. And objectively, maybe I disagree more with one side than the other, but I don't really think that the other it represents more change because neither are, are actually centered to me. Um, and I realize that... Um, for some people who might watch this, it might seem uh, weird, but I want to, I'm thinking about these things in like larger overall energies rather than details of, I think you know what I'm saying. And so for the polarities, for in anything where people may not be more at, like, where's that point? Do you see it? is the the point where the bubble pops or the point where we can bring back what what point as a visual what would it look like i think it's this is an idea that i've been um trying to understand in, in my head i think the point is at the edge and then it comes to the center and it's like this the Taurus yeah yeah it's like getting to that edge and and maybe that's it maybe there are enough people at the edge who are addicted to this pattern and that is being really close to like coming back in to center yeah like the wheel the wheel in yeah. yeah and let's um 
I love using that model because I think if we like superimpose a Taurus on both of us doing our work, that energy would echo. Yeah. I love, I, 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 we went out there and now I love, we're bringing it back to, and I'd like to bring it back to, um, personal experience, you know, as, Mm. as a way, I mean, this is my only lens. My lens is me, you know? And yes, I have the capacity to be flexible and shift and, I've learned the more I return back to self and get really focused on the details of my day-to-day existence and what I'm choosing, it changes worlds, changes my world. And I know that as I change, you know, I connect with you and then we connect with others and then it just multiplies. So yeah, I'd like to bring it back to personal experience of that Taurus of energy and where have we been pushed to edges where one day it's like, wow, this is like so black to the white. This is like the most stark, dark I've experienced and then able to shift it back inward and all of a sudden like there's this nugget this jewel that i would have never even seen had it not been so dark right yeah yeah the um it reminds me of i'm going to a different motion here for me and my personal experience that going down and deep into the dark, like I have this image of a Super Bowl because there was this um, expectation that I felt from myself and partially from the outside world when I had my surgery and my cancer because I was given 120 days to recover and return to work, right? After all that happened. which I won't get into here, but I I have this image of a a Super Bowl bouncing down and back up and it's got a, it has resiliency just like we do our capacity and this humanness to shift and change and, and all of that. And the deeper it goes like a Super Bowl that goes down further. I just have this image of it being able to come up higher with physics. I don't really know how true that is, but in my head, (laughs) you know, that makes sense. And there's a, a saying in like the, I don't know if it's the psychology world, personal development world, but we can only um, go as deep with someone else or something else or other experience as we've been able to go within for ourselves, you know, to explore that and then take it out and let it ripple effect through our communities and our friendships. And um, just a very tangible example of that is that I have, you know, I I lost my dad last month. You lost your father a year ago-ish, right? Um, Sorry, you cut out there. Oh yeah, I was January of 20. Okay. 
And when you lost your dad, I didn't have that experience. I could not have understood what that loss feels like. I felt for you, but I couldn't truly relate. And I noticed in the wake of my loss, people who have experienced great loss of parents especially, but also other, you know, really close loss have been able to hold that space and let me have that experience in a way. And I, I'm saying they let me have it. I let me have it, but (laughs) of being able to um, expand from the inner and then offer that to others as an opportunity to expand from the inner, from a sense of being seen and safety. Yeah. Co-creating a grieving space is how I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. In a, and in that way, it's, you know, that's specific to co-creating a grieving space. But then there's the co-creation of any space. We're always in co-creation of a space, right? We're in co-creation of a space right now between me and you on this Zoom call. And I wish it was in person <laughs> or I miss seeing you. <laughs> um, but to be here now also with anyone watching or listening. Yes. Across time and space. Yeah. 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 Right. Thank you. Yeah. Not in that, in this space, you know, of, of talking about personal, um, shifting from the Super Bowl, I see it um, as opposed to up down, my visual is going in out. Uh, and my personal example is. On, on the most personal level, which is our, my internal dialogue. And I've been doing really intense practice of monitoring and um, recognizing my internal do- dialogue. Um, and the most profound shift has taken place in my life when I started to slow down enough and literally shut off the reactivity to my internal dialogue. Um, This voice I recognize as a survival mechanism. It was the voice that said, you're not good enough you need to do this better, hurry up, focus, pay attention, you know, sit still, get up, whatever I was doing at the moment, it was the voice to change, right? So here's an example of a voice of change that is actually detrimental to my health. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other spectrum of like, us talking about change is this like hopeful thing. Change represented not freedom to myself with that voice, but actual judgment and rejection and separation. So that created the tension point away. 
you know? So now here's my center and here's me and I'm drifting off into the energetic void. And it didn't feel good. And so, yeah, so, so getting to that edge of recognizing that voice and instead of rejecting it even and being like, ugh. I, so the, the first stage was noticing that I have this internal, um, you know, perpetrator inside that's judging me. And then I had a reaction to it, which was like, wow, that's really awful, Mary, that you have that inside you that hurts. It doesn't feel good. So then it like echoed the victim experience. And that stirred up my rescuer mentality of like, okay, I'm going to stop at this all. I'm going to fight this voice, you know, which creates even more resistance. So now I'm drifting even further. And then to, to encapsulate that, you know, that's the two edges. You know, there's the, the resistor, the fighter, the hero, the perpetrator, the victim in the middle. And we're all just like floating through space and, 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 I just got really still and asked if there is a way to love it all, to meet it with, okay, I hear, I hear you. Thank you for saying, you know, for showing me and saying, you know, that you exist, that this fear exists inside of me. Thank you. I see it. And I'm not going to internalize that and, and take it as, or that's resistance too. And we're going to do something else. I'm going to um, just breathe right now. I'm going to enjoy this stillness. I'm going to accept that, you know, I'm not getting as many likes on Instagram as I expected. I'm okay with this. And in this like radical acceptance, the voice, not that it like disappeared right away, but that it wasn't scary anymore. Mm -hmm. It wasn't scary that I had that inside me. I just took it as part of an old system that served me. And now I wanted to experience something different. Mm -hmm. All right. So thank you for going on that journey with me. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have some questions about that because I, I too have that voice and I recognize um, for me, I'd have this aha of um, there's, there's that voice and it wants me to change and it's asking me to do things. And I had this tendency to, um, rebel against it because I didn't want to be controlled. And then it was like, well, where might that voice actually, like, it's, it's always been in my best interest. It's that it is in a way a survival voice. My reactions are survival to it. How can they meet in the middle? How can be friends and for me there was an overwhelming question of like what is real what is my reaction what is and and that rather than thinking it through has been a um the truth has come through in my body 
Um, and I'm wondering in that, in those moments of, okay, I'm just going to sit here and breathe. There's still a what next. And from what place did you find yourself then moving from the what, moving into the what next? Does that make sense? Well, from what place was from the place of one awareness that it was happening, which took a long time of a multitude of different tools, you know, which I know journaling is one of your tools. It was definitely one for me. And actually journaling dream time was big for me. Mm. And so the awareness then the tool of choosing to sit in it and be still. Because I realized that acting from that place of fear would, oh my gosh, just like snowball into um, really explosive energy throughout my day. Because I'd be moving, moving, moving with the sense of urgency and fear. And also I have a really great, interesting skill where I can just pretend like everything's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a survival skill. Yes, I've got that one too. Trauma. Okay. Relationships have no idea of the turmoil that's happening on the inside. So not only am I experiencing turmoil, but I'm also experiencing deep separation and isolation. Mm -hmm. Resistance to asking for help. Mm -hmm. So I get in those situations where if I acted from the fear place throughout my day, I would explode later, usually on my loved ones. From that fear. And they're like, where did this come from? Because you've been doing stuff, you've been working, you've been, you know, interacting with people, you've been having your, you know, telephone Mary voice all day, you know? And then it would explode. Mm -hmm. Do you find it would come out over something like silly, like you didn't put the cap on the toothpaste, you know, like kind of. It would be, I didn't put the cap on the toothpaste and then someone pointing that out and then that's it. Mm. A lot of times it would, um, I would wait for an opportunity to be defensive. Ah, okay, okay. The, um, you know, the one on the offense. Because then you, you're more conveniently the victim. Exactly. Yeah. The safest place for me to express the fear when I was in victim mode. Um. There was a lot of anger. And so that still point was my acknowledgement of, okay, this is working. I don't enjoy this experience. I don't have all the answers. And I know that I'm just going to sit with this and see what it has to say. Mm -hmm. And the way you get, I get through that experience of sitting with the rage and the isolation depression and the fear was um 
wow, I mean, breath work, um, pottery wheel, creating, first breath work, then getting on that wheel and creating. And now I'm in this like next phase of it, which is connection, which is actually reaching out to mm-hmm. people and expanding even further in this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a long time of feeling really alone to get to here. Mm-hmm. Say that just because it's not like an overnight, like now I'm going to be connected to people. Cause I know that's deep down what I want. And I know somewhere intuitively that every person wants. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a process. Yeah. I mean, I can I, thank you for sharing your your process and how you've moved through it. And I I have seen parts of that process for you. You know, we've been in connection over three years now ish. Yeah. I'm sorry, I lost your audio there for a moment. Three or four years, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if Zoom's picking up or if it's just my my robot ears um but we've been uh, and in ways our process has kind of mirrored each other and i feel like we've moved in and out of these phases of discovery and bits of connection and then contraction coming back in and that's something that i uh, i see in my journey on the slack line very clearly my wanting to just get there my wanting to be good at it, my wanting to have everything that I wanted to have, um, you know, on the slack line being walking it and doing the things. And then in life, the connection and the love and the, the comfort and the peace, but it is, it's a process and it's not a linear process. And it's, it's kind of a spiral um, ish. I, it's just, it's not, straight and, and um, sensible or logical, uh, it takes, it has taken for me anyway, um, because I can only speak from my experience, um, it's taken a twisty, windy journey. And I can see that um, I have choice in it, even in the things that I didn't like. I chose or that weren't the most pleasant there are ways in which I chose mm-hmm. and continue to choose and that's where I'm working right now is to just be more conscious of that which I, I, I think is like I have this internal uh, um, intellectual struggle with how much of this is in pursuit of control and I because I see that in a lot of of myself and then out in the personal development world the pursuit of control if I make the right choices if I eat the right thing if I wear all white if I meditate at this time if I then I'll be free of this and it's so it's not that it is 
and it isn't. It is and it isn't. Yes. And you've, you've touched on another interesting uh, um, twist in the path of healing. Um, you know, we haven't said within this call, but I know from your personal story and my personal story that we both experienced trauma. And uh, that's really kind of what's informed a lot of my choices in life and my choice to go on the healing path and, and um, get you know, certain certifications and, and experience um, in my art and, and then fuse my art with the healing experience. Like it's all from that core experience from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And this journey has brought me to so many beautiful tools that create yeses in my body. And even those tools, they serve a purpose in the moment. And then they ask, they ask me to, at a certain point, shift, you know, okay, that's beautiful that you've done that. And can you be flexible? And can you increase your capacity even more now? Is what it asks. By that, do um, I know? I want to ask this because I um, I haven't experienced like that, and I I language it in a different way, and I I don't know if you're speaking the same thing. The tools. They, they give you something, they allow you to create in relationship with this trauma, and then they ask you to sort of take what you know from them and not necessarily um, need them to have that tool actually internalized within yourself in a way. Is that, would you say that that's kind of what you mean? Or... The tool, I'm going to be less abstract, so we'll use, um, I keep coming back to breath work because it's been so game-changing, especially um, in experiencing generalized anxiety and, and um, it just being so much of, that's the thing, like the trauma, the, the coping mechanisms become us. Right. Um, so my experience was really defined on, on um, anxiety and the relief of anxiety and just making decisions throughout the day of like, okay, I feel this way. How can I find some relief? And, you know, alcohol is a tool. Okay. It is self-medication. So mm -hmm. choosing that was a tool on my path mm -hmm. for a while. Um, and I had the incredible gift to interact with other humans that had other tools and said, hey, you know, partying is great. There's also um, you know, the ocean, nature, um, uh, healthy foods, uh, breath, exercise. 
And so then we try on these other tools. So then, you know, then we become Kundalini masters. And so that becomes integrated into our personality, um, into my personality, you know, like I'm using Kundalini uh, and breath work. And then so, okay, I, I want to teach that or I want to share that. Um, and then that can become similar to, to self-medication, right? Mm -hmm. If, if, if I stay so attached to it that I, that without a day of breath work or, or, um, you know, I, I can, I can just kind of collapse, right? Hmm. Then, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, Can I... as we're talking, as we're talking, you know, we're processing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm hearing myself noticing attachments as I'm talking. Right. I, and that's why I love talking and why I love conversation, because I feel like in that relationship, we can, I can have when it's a, a safe and connected and authentic relationship, I can have those discoveries. I can hear them or I can then have someone reflect, like a reflection I, I want to offer is that I agree with you. That, and especially, you know, alcohol is a tool. I think broccoli is a tool. I think that um, quinoa is a tool. I think that air is a tool. Like it's all, it all provides something in the same way that a hammer provides the ability to put a nail into the wall. The air provides this life-giving energy to us. Broccoli provides these nutrients. Alcohol might provide a sense of relaxation and that um, dissolution or, or easing of the tension that we're carrying. And that's where like the coping mechanisms are tools but they become tools that become us and then almost have, and this is tying back to like the beginning of our conversation. The, is the moon exerting an influence on us or are we exerting an influence on that? Like where, who has the power here? And when it becomes, when a tool becomes a, a crutch, then it's not really a tool anymore. It's taking something away of our own power. And, and that then lessens its uh, actual benefit, I think. You know, I had a roommate, she ate too many carrots and she turned orange. Like, it's not a real. I believe that's real, but yeah. yeah. Heard, it's real, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's real. So that's, for, for me in this exploration of an evolution of discovering new tools, I found for me that I'll find a tool and then I kind of look at it with intent. What am I, what are you giving me? What am I giving you? What is this? What am I learning? And then once I put that tool down, how do I take the wisdom of the tool into other ways of being? And that's like the slack line. I take the wisdom of the tool into other ways of being. That's psychedelics. Take the wisdom of the tool into other ways of being. I don't really drink anymore, but I have had like a glass of wine here and there. And I asked, what was I looking for? What did it give me? 
how do I find that without the wine? Because the wine with whatever is giving me the enjoyment of the meal, the whatever, the deeper connection, all of that's in me. All that's in me. Nothing outside gives it to me. It just lets me go to a place where I can find it. That's, you know, that and, and certain things are more powerful because they're such powerful chemicals, but those chemicals are in us. So we can make those chemicals in breath work, in just sitting and like visualizing and feeling in meditation. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to step down off my. <laughs> well, I thank you for taking us on that journey. And um, what I'm seeing from it is that all of these tools, like they're in the, what we call the 3D, they're, they're so, I mean, the source of it is, is what I think we've both found is, is um, this pathway to body work and um, getting, finding the root of a lot of our discomfort in life coming from our experience within the body, first and foremost. And how disconnected, I know if I use my life as a metaphor for the greater society, how disconnected I've been from my body and how that has allowed me to put so much power outside of myself and assign so much um, blame, but also um, worship outside of myself. And that, that feeds into this concept of if we get to that still point where we recognize the sovereignty and the freedom to choose right here in this body by just listening to it. it it's another tool that can shift, mm -hmm. shift our experience. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're doing within our work. And, you know, the inspiration of this call, which we never even really mentioned in the beginning, but to collaborate on an experience that infuses the slack line and pottery um, as tools to help us embody what it is that those tools are mirroring. Right. So, and our intention to do that in the future. I love that. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. I feel like we could talk forever. I know that we could talk forever. <laughs> um, and I would, I would love to um, rekindle this conversation at some point and talk more about trauma and being in the body. I know because we both experienced early childhood trauma that that's something that we've both really explored and studied intellectually and in an embodied way. And that's something that um, I really desire to talk about more and share more so that there's uh, access to this because I didn't know until I didn't know and and that knowledge changed my life um, but I also um, <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was and um, I've got another call um, awesome. um, I don't do you have your tarot card just to show 
Oh yes, let's let's do that. And oh, I, I'm just gonna take a moment and pause. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. Of course, everything on my computer is slow today. I'm just checking my calendar here. Because I didn't get a calendar notification, but I'm pretty sure I had an 11 o'clock. Maybe not. It's not there. It's super weird. Anyway, I'll figure it out. I'll share a card. Oh, look at you. You're like drenched in sunlight. I love it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so these three cards just kind of, this one just kind of flew out. This was the first one. Okay, receptivity, yes. Which actually is kind of funny. It's like echoing the, the light yeah. that's right now. Um, and that went with collaborative dreaming. Mm, okay. Beautiful card. Yeah, and the rainmaker, which we're actually headed towards... Um, in, in um, the Jewish holidays, we're headed towards um, Sukkot, which is also like where we pray for rain in the shift of the season. So um, very interesting. And so what I can say, maybe share your card and then we can kind of see if it relates. Okay, so I've got uh, the Ace of Cups here. Oh, wow. And, uh, so it's, um, it's basically productivity creation and you know like the cosmic yoni it's wow. described it's very much yeah right amazing especially at being an ace and ace is like new beginnings or new um uh endeavors um and so all three of these cards as well speak to um the rainmaker especially is really cool it says that we have everything that we need. All the seeds have been planted. You know, there's nothing more that we need to consume or put into ourselves. Now, you know, like the rainmaker who prays for rain, um, we open up, you know, like a seed and, and absorb that nourishing rain so that these, these things we've planted can grow. Mm -hmm. And there's something that you said earlier about, oh yeah, recognize how you are co-creating your world. Nothing is happening out there without your involvement. Remember that the world is only mirroring back to you the condition of your love and your intent. So change these within before you take any action. Do not take life personally. Mm -hmm. Quite literally. Yeah. It's resonating. I love all of that. And I, something that, that caught me because I have used it to isolate um, in like a spiritual bypassing kind of way, perhaps, or toxic positivity, um, which I don't, I don't really like the words actually, even though I just use them. Um, 
but we have everything that we need. Everything's been planted. You, you know, it can, for me, lead me down this path of, I should be able to do it. I have everything I need. I don't need anyone. I don't need anything. I can use it to further isolate and barricade myself and feel like I need to push through it. Um, but that other side of the receptivity, the important part for me is remembering that when I'm open, I have everything that I need. And when I'm able, and being open means also being able properly receive in balance and to discern what I choose to receive um, that will help me uh, become or give birth or be that creation that is my divine expansion or whatever, you know. Absolutely. And that, again, like echoes the concept which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in other chats about our nervous system and being open and receptive in connection mm -hmm. to others and um, what it what path it takes to to get ourselves get our nervous system get our mind um, to be open to collaborating which is so needed right now on this planet mm -hmm. we all come to a space of deep connection inside so that it's not so scary and we feel safe to do it out here. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think that that's a beautiful place to end. Thank you for that. And you look so angelic right now. <laughs> this should be a tarot card. <laughs> I love it. So much. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Thank you for your space and co-creating with me. Yeah, this was fun. I can't wait for the next one. And until we do our slack line and our clay, and I'm so energized. I wish it wasn't 100 degrees outside so I could, I won't play on the line right now, but my, in honoring my body, I can't do the heat these days. Yeah, I'm gonna take a nice shower, cold shower. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna hop off because I'm pretty sure I've got a call that I'm missing out on for that program. I don't know if you got another thing. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not, uh, I didn't hear anything back yet, but. Okay, well, I'll, okay. I'll contact you after. Let's, we'll sign off here. I love you. Bye.